learning how to work with God, the first point is that um, for you to begin a work with God, the beginning of your work with God is your new birth, right? So, unyanya born again and son what you mean, yamiananti. Ubiya wanya born again or ninyan kuponanti be away a trophy. It's not true. That's why you say that you hear a fetish priest uh, by which we serve God. By which, you know, in those days where in the Old Testament style of serving God, it's not the same thing now. We have studied about dispensations. We are in the dispensation of grace through the death of Jesus. In the Sabre, Nyamishi Shani said, On Sano Bibetuni Yankopuanantin, I just saw the Waji Yeshua too. What you say? Jesus says that for one to begin a walk with God, you must accept Jesus. So the beginning of your walk with God begins with your new birth. If you are not born again, you can't walk with God. So we understood that. We understood that. And your new birth will help you to experience what we call, or your walk in God will help you to experience what we call the establishment of your faith, Right? And he said, the establishment of your faith comes as a result of a biblical, a sound biblical teaching. The sound biblical teaching is the teaching um, that you receive from God's word that will help you to be rooted and built up in Christ. So that you'll be established in the faith. You'll be established in the faith. So that is it. So we went from there to, that was the introduction. Then we came to how to walk with God. How to walk with God. And we gave the first point. The first point of our walking with God was that for you to walk with God, or the beginning of your walking with God, you experience what we call walking in the newness of life. And walking in the newness of life is about this thing. Walking in the newness of life simply means that because I have experienced the new birth, and I am walking or I am growing or I am progressing or advancing in Christ, I begin to do away with certain old stuff. Not by my, not by my efforts, but because I am walking with Christ and the Holy Spirit is there to help me, I begin to experience some changes. Do you know that sincerely, if you can really recall, this is one of the things that actually happened to lots of Christians. Almost every Christian I've, I've seen, including all of us anyway, I'm not talking about church members, and most of Christians I've seen. You know that sometimes your first months and your first weeks of born again, you have some new attitude. You have some coldness and calmness at home. You, you, you have a new nature altogether. Things people say that you give it back to them, you just... Don't, don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> Do you see? As we begin to grow in Christ, instead of growing in that experience, we rather swap that experience with our past experience, knowing very well, though we are born again, but we have to chip in some of our old attitude. And that is, that is, that is something. It's not only with us. Even we saw it in the days of Peter. Peter was born again, good apostle. But you see, he had a certain nature and character in him. I told you just in the morning that he was a zealot. Zealots were big, religious people. They were, 
if we are considering the zealots in the days of Jesus, they were like Muslims, the Al-Qaeda people today. Violent Christians, violent religious people. So even though he was with Jesus, you see how violent he was. In the beginning of his new convert, he was good Peter, good Peter. Then at a certain point in his life, we were going to arrest his master. Then a certain nature of the old life started reflecting in him. Instead of saying, no, 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 you can't touch him. No, 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 please wait, hold on, please. Let's solve it amicably. You see, that's, that would be the actual nature of somebody who is born again. But he said, no, 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 no. Are you seeing it? So sometimes, you know, there is some positive aspect of just this illustration I gave. If and only if it is done in the direction towards the kingdom. Example, first week of as, as you are growing in the things of God, you will need some enyadin to serve God. Then, that enyadin will be applied. This time, not to fight, but rather to pursue the kingdom of God. That was what happened to Peter. Are you okay? No, I just can't. Jamestown, those places. As soon as you hear the name, you know something is going on. Yeah. But this time around, he was acting violently, not because of an evil cause, but because of the cause of Christ. So what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes in the beginning or in the few months and few weeks of your Christian life, you feel calm, you become calm, you become humble, and all that, you submit. But as you are going and advancing in the things of the kingdom of God, you become tough and stronger in the things of God and not in the world. Please, are we okay? So one thing we need to know is that as we begin a journey with Christ, let us walk in the newness of life. And we said that the newness of life brings about peace. It brings about unity. It brings about oneness. We respect each other. We respect your sister. And I gave a simple example. So I gave an illustration that it is you and I that can hurt each other because we are close. And I gave that example. When your brother or your sister do something you are not too happy about, it is better you, you approach. You approach that brother or that sister. It's very important. You know, sometimes uh, the reaction, the reaction, the reaction. Some of you may feel some, oh no, I think I can't take this. Then you approach the person. Please, I think this one, you went too far. I don't like it. Please. Please. Let's pray it doesn't happen again. That is it. You know, when you are, hang, you are, you are angry and, and not, your sister is angry, if you are angry and me too, I'm angry, what do you think will happen? You say? There will be fight, of course. You can never amend. And you see, it doesn't matter who you are. 
when you become angry for a while, it means that the rate of anger always reduces. If the rate of your anger often go higher, 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 <laughs> and go above the force of gravity, then I think it's too far. Are you getting it? Oh yes, anybody, any human being can become angry. After all, Jesus was once angry. Do you think somebody will take a cane and go to church and be beating people when he's not angry? Are you okay? It is not written in the Bible that Jesus was angry, but his expressions tell us that he was angry. But afterwards, he saved his, that's those people. He ministered to them. So please, what I'm trying to say is that your sister will hurt you you hurt your sister, your brother will say something you may not. That it is more likely that as I am with you, or you are with your brother, or you are with me, you will do something that I may not like. It is more likely. It is, let me tell you, we are human beings. So it is, it is, let me say, 70, 60 to 70 percent possible. 60 to 70 percent possible. That is the least level. And it is 99 at most, 99 to 100% possible that you do something I may not like, I may do something that you may not, because we are, we are bonded together, because we are working together, because we are brothers and sisters, because we are friends. Not intentionally doing it, but sometimes our reactions, our attitudes, circumstances may cause us to do a thing like that. But when that happens, are you okay? When that happens, let us learn how to amend our ways. And one of the dangers of it is that we shouldn't wait for too long. I met a woman. She had a, a misunderstanding, not a fight at all. A misunderstanding over money. Money. With the husband. The husband was out of the country. He used to send her some money for some projects. And she didn't use the money as they all agreed. So when the husband came, he was not happy. So it was a misunderstanding. The man was angry. The woman too, instead of being wise to calm them, Man down. I miss me or bar, then come on, and then see the Mrs. Desi, like a clamor from the gun out your table, judging a gun there for Che, Brian Bre, Edis, and so human, dear sister Lady Cacra. Yeah. And I think within the first two weeks, when the man returned, there were hot arguments. Nothing of divorce. And the lady was angry, the man too was angry, and the man left home. So when the man left home in the evening, he didn't come home. The next day, he didn't come home. Hey, So the man stayed away from home for about three nights. Then the lady too became angry. The man went to stay in a hotel somewhere. And in the morning, he would come out, go and visit his friends. They would move around in the evening, go to the hotel and sleep. Alone, not with a lady or with anybody. 
Then when the lady was with the third night, the guy, the guy, man didn't come. In the morning, she also packed her things, few things, and she went to her hometown. She didn't call the husband. The husband too went. He didn't call the wife. So when the husband came back, the lady has left some of the keys at the door. And the man came. And he unlocked the door, took all his stuff, and he also went to rent a house somewhere. He also packed the things out of the house. It's not divorce. It's nothing. It's just over money. This person went out three nights. The lady also was angry. She also left home. And you know what? The woman said she thought now when the husband returned and she's not at home, the husband will come and apologize. Come and look for her and take her home. And the husband too also thought that, no, me too, I'm your wife. Me too, I left, uh, you are my husband, I'm, I'm your husband. Me too, I left home three nights. You didn't call me to find out, say, where was I? So you are angry, me too, I'm angry. So be am finding this. Our name is but it is now three years. Yeah. Now three years. After two and a half years, when the lady came to her senses that she's really causing confusion, she said the guy loves her so much that she believed the guy cannot marry. To her surprise, when she got to the new place, the guy has rented a house. They got there and the guy was with the lady. The guy has not married the lady, but she has picked the lady as a girlfriend. Unfortunately, the lady was pregnant for the guy. And that was it. That was the end of the marriage. So I had an interaction with the lady. And she said, eh, Father of God, I've not realized my mistakes. But I think it is too late. It is too late. Too, too, too late. I don't think things can work. Yeah. And unfortunately for her, she doesn't have a child with a man. Because they were just, they just married about a year or two. And the man traveled to, is it Qatar or, is it Qatar or Dubai? And he was there for about two years before he came back. And that was the end of the marriage. Just the two weeks he came, the marriage was over. So, sometimes you have your friend, you have your brother, you have your sister. You'll be angry, definitely. Definitely. But we shouldn't wait for a very long time. Else it destroys the beauty of the bond we have. What's that solution? Any super glue? What's that solution? 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 What's Oh, come on, did you see, hear that? Yeah. So sometimes you have your friend, you have your brother, you have your sister. Something bad has happened. Or uh, you are not happy, you are angry. Your brother or your sister too is angry. But we should try as much as possible just to amend our ways. We shouldn't wait for too long. Amen. Okay, let me go back to my how to walk with God. And the second point we spoke about is that we should walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Did we read all the quotations or we read only Romans chapter 8, 1 and 5 to 8? Is that all? Okay, then let's take these two scriptures before we move to the next point. Galatians chapter 5, 16 to 17. 
Please, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. Okay. This I say then, uh-huh. walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. And you will not fulfill the last of the flesh. For the flesh lasted against the spirit. Uh-huh. And the spirit against the flesh. Good. So listen. Anytime you see anything opposing spirituality, then you know that is is fleshly. Are you okay? The Bible says that the flesh is an enmity to the spirit or to the spirit. Read verse 17 again. Verse 17. Mm-hmm. For the flesh lasted against the spirit. The flesh work against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And the spirit against what? The flesh. So now there is, there is a pulling. There is a pulling. To deal with the issue of the flesh, to get rid of the issue of the flesh, what do you do? You must apply the spirit. And if you want to suppress the issue of the spirit, you must apply the flesh. So this is what the Bible says, that the flesh and the spirit, they are in a bone of contention. The spirit fight against the flesh and the flesh fight against the spirit. So anytime there is any sort of opposition or any sort of misunderstanding on an issue of spirituality, then know that the flesh is taking place. That is why. This, I'm not talking about a group or about you and your sister or your brother per se. I'm talking about yourself, personally. Anytime you see that there is something opposing something spiritual that God is telling you personally, then you know that your flesh is working. God tells you, hey, this Zion conference, can, can, can you use this Wednesday as, 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 as a fasting day where you fast Wednesday, you don't eat anything till the evening. As soon as you hear that, this one, I'm not talking about someone saying it, but the Holy Spirit just speaks straight into your ears. Then you say to yourself, Hey, how? How? And upon my Indomie, hey, Indomie. Or the Lord tells you, This evening, as you have eaten, don't eat again right from here. And sleep till the next morning. Then you say, Hey, then as soon as it happens like that what do you have what is happening your flesh is talking to you your flesh is talking to you your flesh is talking to you so sometimes your personal decisions that are of spiritual decisions that that you hear a loud voice within yourself Sometimes it's not, it's, most of the time you say it's the devil. It's, it's, not, it's not the devil. But what the devil is able to do is that the devil will use your flesh, your own flesh. That's what the devil does. And you say the devil will overpower you. No, no. But just that the devil will entice you in your flesh. So that your, your flesh will be more awakened than your spirit. Imagine you are just going to pray. Oh, I'm praying. I'm praying from six to seven. 
that you are, you are just there. Maybe in your own house, around your garden or somewhere, or around the lawns, you are just praying. Or in your own room. And pray for six to seven. Sometimes you close your eyes. You are praying. When you go high, high, high. When you watch your watch, you realize that you are praying for just 10 minutes. Please, are you getting it? Then you just know that your flesh is telling you. But sometimes when you, you are able to just go a little, a little minutes above the way you are feeling, then you see the spirit will take over. And when the spirit takes over, that's why you have prayed for one hour and you want to stop. Then within your hands, you are still feeling the fire. And you are like, sometimes when the spirit is taking over too much, you get to a point, you are even like at a point of like sleeping. And something will vibrate your body. But you see, when you know you are going to pray for one hour, no, no, I can't pray. I can't pray. No. You are going to watch this. They say Kotokoyan has is playing football. One hour, let me finish watching the football. Then some of you, you'll be speaking with tongues and you have your phone, you are WhatsApp, you are taking notification. You see, you know what you are doing? You are just appeasing your conscience. You want to do something so that your conscience is not, but I have prayed. It's just like doing a fasting. You know, you're doing it from... You see, fasting, sometimes the Lord will not tell you. No one will tell you. Sometimes you decide it yourself. Sometimes you, you know this one, the Spirit of God is telling you, fast till six, fast till three. Then what happens is that you have to just speak in tongues uh, and stir yourself up and go for the fasting. As otherwise you are fasting, the Holy Spirit has whispered unto you, um, you are fasting till, till, till 3 o'clock. Then you are like, oh, 3, just check the time. It's 11. See the way I'm sweating, I'm suffering. Yeah, how can I wait till the, the 3? Do you want 3, man? That's my word is what I mean. But I bought you a And then that becomes that. You will not be able to operate spiritually. You will not be able to operate spiritually. So anytime you see things like that, know that your flesh is working. Yeah. Let's read the last scripture. Galatians. Oh, no, no. The, the same Galatians chapter 5. Just read verse 25 to 26. So we have read verse 16 to 17 and we are reading verse 25 to 26. Then we end it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Uh huh. If we live in the spirit, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Hold on. This is the biggest challenge of Christianity. We know how to live in the spirit, but we don't know how to walk in the spirit. Some of the atmosphere we have, we are Christians, we live in the spirit. Some of the atmosphere we have, 
You see, sometimes in service, in prayer meeting, you feel the atmosphere, you feel very spiritual. But one thing is that we don't know how to progress in that. That is the walking, that is the movement, that is the advancement. As long as you are born again, you are living in the spirit. Are you okay? As you have your new birth, you are living in the spirit. But the problem we have as Christians is that though we are living in the spirit, but we don't progress in the spirit. When we pray, instead of advancing in our prayer, when we study the word, instead of advancing in our studying of the word, we don't go higher. And sometimes, even in our prayer life, you know, there will be a day where you pray that you have felt very hot. You are on fire. You've prayed well. The Holy Spirit has ministered to you. Then the next morning, you know you have to pray. Oh, I prayed yesterday. Yesterday it was very powerful. It's okay. It's enough for the week. It's enough for the week. But you see, sometimes the Holy Spirit tells you that the way you prayed last night, continue like that tonight. It's okay. It's okay. Then let, let me wait so that the beginning of the year I can start everything afresh. So it's like you fill your cup to the full. Then it is going down. Then it is going down. Then it is going down. You don't top up. Then it is going down. Before you realize what you have, you have an empty cup. You refill it. You refill it. You refill it. And the last time I said it at church, I said sometimes when you come to church, special meetings, you are on fire. You are heated up. You wake up at 4.30. You dress up. You have a small devotion in your room. Then from there you come for the main morning devotion. Then you come, you see, it's so nice, so beautiful. You see your spirit charged when you go home after the camp. Instead of praying the night when you arrived at home. Oh, your brother, 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 around 5.30. Then as soon as you look at your watch, yesterday, I was too exhausted. So before you realize, the Holy Spirit is calling you for fellowship. But you are giving excuse. When you check your time, no, 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 no. Then before you realize now, the fire you have received is going down. It's going down. It's going down. So you keep firing yourself. You keep firing yourself. You keep firing yourself. You keep fanning yourself. You keep working on before you realize that you are highly charged. So, like I was saying, don't watch a movie that will take 20 kilos away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, please, that is that. God bless you. Are you done with verse 26? No, please. Read verse 26. Verse 26. Yeah. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Let us not be desirous of what? Vain glory. That is one thing. Vain glory. 25 to 26. Uh -huh. If we live in the spirit, mm -hmm. let us also walk in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Uh -huh. Provoking one another. Provo you see? Provocation. 
One, one sign of carnality is called provocation. Obi or time and kofobu for be on time spiritual. Are you okay? Provocation. Provocation. He says that, you see, sometimes when you read the letters of the Bible, it tells, it gives you the explanation itself. You can read verse 25 and 26 again. Verse 25 to 26. Let us walk in the spirit and we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh-huh. If we live in the spirit. If we live in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. Because we are staying in the spirit. We must advance. Move in the things of, the, of, of God. We must advance. We must be more spiritual than we used to be. So in the walking with God. God says that in your spirituality. You must advance. If you can pray for one hour, add 30 minutes to it. Add 50. You see, sometimes your prayer life will be one hour, one hour, one hour. Then, as you are growing and you are increasing in your prayer life, then you begin to add some 15 minutes to it. You do that continuously for about a month. Then the following month, you add another 15 minutes to it. So you realize that if I stand to pray, I know I'm praying for one hour, 30 minutes. Said we must advance. Sometimes you know, listen. I met a man, and he says that every day he prays for three hours. I said, How can you pray every day for three hours? He said that in the morning you pray for one hour, then in the afternoon you pray for one hour, then in the evening you pray for one hour. He's done with his three hours. When he knows that he will be tight in the afternoon, he can't, or he may not. Then he will pray in the afternoon, in the morning, one hour, 30 minutes. Then in the evening, he will pray at one hour, 30 minutes. Then he has this three hours. And said, there are times, due to busy schedule, he may not be able to do it every day. As in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no, 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 no. So there are times, he will just divide it. That I'll go to work in the morning. I'll find time and be conscious and pray about God for about 15 minutes. Then when I'm on my way to home, I may be, listen, you may be driving a car and be, you may be sitting in truck and you are praying. You see, sometimes our understanding of the prayer is always our usual one. You see, that alone is not prayer. Sometimes you can even have contemplative prayer. You are contemplating over issues. Thinking about them, pondering about them, pouring your heart, your heart and your, your mind is connected on that matter. And you're speaking within yourself. Divine intervention. God do it. God do it. God show me the way. God talk to me. And that is it. And you can decide to pray 30 minutes every day. Every day. 30 minutes every day. In the morning you pray for 15 minutes. In the evening you pray for 15 minutes. You do your quiet time five minutes. Make sure every day you touch the Bible, you open. Some of you said, Oh, I have my Bible on my phone. We all used to do that years ago, times ago. I have my Bible on my phone. I'll just open it. The same thing is there. Yeah, it's true. But using your hard copy Bible is more better than using your phone. Because nobody will send you a notification on your hard copy Bible. You will not be tempted to go and check who has responded to your messages. It will not be tempted. So you can easily put your phone on a flight mode 
Then you pick your hard copy Bible. Then you read two or three chapters. Then you begin to pray. Or one chapter a day. Then you begin to pray. As you read, you read, you read over and over again. Then you pray. Father, I thank you for what I've studied from your word. I pray for deeper understanding. Then you start reading. After the reading, you pray. If you don't understand anything, underline it. It is your own Bible. Indicate it. And you see what will happen. You begin to grow. You begin to understand the Bible. You begin to become very spiritual. The reason why lots of people are kind of is that we don't even know what is in the Bible. Are you getting a, are you getting a point? Do you know that it's good to pray? God speaks to us as we pray. But many a times, when you study the Bible, the letters of the Bible go deeper. The Holy Spirit is, is now hovering over you and the word you have studied. You begin to see lots of changes. Also, the Bible says this. The Bible says that. So when this and that happens, this is the way I should go. This is the way I should do it. And you begin to see it. And it will add beauty to your life. That is how you walk in the Spirit. It's a progressive walk. But when you say you read your Bible once a year, now it's after 31st night. Maybe I'm looking into your Bible. Oh, oh, frankly speaking, most of you don't even read the Bible. You don't. You only come to church, you take notes, you put it down, you go and put it down. You don't, you, you don't even go over. But the reason why you, you write something down is that you go, you open your Bible, you visit it again. You read the main tests that is given to you, you read them again. You think about them. But you see, your regular life is that when you wake up, you don't even pray. When you're going to sleep, you don't even pray. Hey, ma'am, my brother, papa. And then, dear, you know, you are gone. When you wake up, some of you, the way you wake up, God tells you that you won't pray. Are you getting it? That is it. But when you, you, you just have time, you sleep early. There are some of you who want to pray at 12. It's only two things that you can do. Sometimes when you pray late, you wake up late. When you sleep late, you wake up late. When you sleep early, you wake up early. See, sometimes so you, you don't know how to even wake up. Some of you, when you sleep at six, if God does not come in, you wake up the next morning at six. So if you know that is a challenge, then you can start praying. It's not compulsory to always pray at 12. When you pray at six, too, God can hear. God will hear. Are you okay? Anytime, anywhere, it's okay. So when we have a school field, or a spacious place around your area. Just go there and just pray for 15 minutes, for 20 minutes, for 10 minutes. Just learn it. Are you okay? Just learn it. Do you know that the prayers we pray alone in church is not enough? If you're depending your life on the prayers we pray alone in church, please, you will not go far. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm a pastor. I'm telling you. If I depend... On the prayers alone, I come here. You know, when, I, when I'm leading you to pray, I am not praying. Though I'm praying, but I'm not praying. That is not my prayer life. That is my regular spiritual responsibility life. But I must also personally develop a personal prayer life. That I pray. When I call my family and we are praying, it is not my personal prayer life. It's a family prayer meeting. 
That one we have, we have it there. We must do it. When you are having a family Bible study or devotion, that one is a family thing. But I must have time as a Christian to learn to grow, not just to get scriptures and write things down to come and preach in church. But I must also have time and learn. Amen. I remember there was one of the minor prophets. I remember ah, this prophet, I don't really read it. I remember I've just read it once. We did our Christ, it was not the whole book. I think uh, first of I had a quotation, I just went to check up on it. I said, No, no, no. One night I said, I can't sleep without reading this book. I just pick about five or six chapters. I have to read them before I go to bed. And I force myself to read it before I go to sleep. Are you getting my point? So, depending on the prayer alone in church, it's not enough. You must have a time to pray in your house, by yourself. You are learning. Sometimes, you even have to pray. Like the way we are praying, we feel the fire in church. Then you go home one day, in the evening, Sunday after church. You also go and pray like that. You may not pray very long. Just 15 minutes is enough. 20 minutes is enough. I told you, the powerfulness of prayer is not in how long you prayed. But it is how well you prayed. So you just have a time. That is spirituality. So that you be advancing. You are falling in love with God. You see, if I'm only standing here to preach because FSA, young man, me, you see, uh, and you're proper, I'm telling you, and you're proper. No, it's good, but it's not, it's not the best. But I'm doing it because, if I'm doing it because I have fallen in love with God, I have understood him, and I'm doing it for him. I think that is more better than I'm doing it because I think I like it. I think I'm interested in it. That alone is not enough. Please, are we together? I thought we read it again. Read it again. Galatians 5, 25 to yes, 26. Sir. Yes, sir. If we live in the Spirit, mm-hmm. let us also walk in the Spirit. Uh-huh. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Let us not be desirous of what? Vain, vain glory. Glory. Don't expect vain glory. A glory that is vain. Uh-huh. Provoking one another. Good, good. And we shouldn't provoke one another. Provocation. I told you that people who provoke people are not spiritual. You shouldn't, you see, please. Are we here? Though I told you that it is 60 to 70% possible that you hurt your sister. It is 99 to 100% possible that you hurt your brother. But don't Develop that habit of all the time you are making your brother say, Charlie, what you did, I don't like. Charlie, what he did, I don't like. Charlie, what he did. You say, I should get sent you to a I sent it and you say you pay it back on Monday. And today is Thursday, you have not paid it. When I call you to you, don't answer. Charlie, what you are doing? What you are doing? You say, when tomorrow you need 10 cities, I won't, I won't give you. Are you getting my point? Don't provoke your brother. Don't say things. You see, you know, there are some people, they like just teasing people. Listen, you know that it is spiritual not to provoke your brother. 
When your brother tells you, oh, Charlie, this thing you are doing, I don't like. As soon as you hear that, that should be the last day. Okay, I know my brother, he doesn't like this. I know my sister, he doesn't like this. We need to learn that. We need to learn that. In church, at home, with our friends, with our family. When you do something, your mother says, this you are doing, I don't like. If you are very spiritual, you just know that, no, I can't do it. My mommy doesn't like it, so I can't do it. Your father tells you, the way you just place your shoe anywhere in front of this door, I don't like it. When you come from school, young man like you, just remove your shoe, your socks, find a nice place at the corner, put it in. Sometimes when you are dealing with people, and you are spiritual, and you are growing, or you are matured, there are certain, the way sometimes you do things, as soon as you are doing it, you say, ah, this person is matured. Because you have understanding. You know what to do. You do the right thing. Are you getting it? So we shouldn't provoke one another. If I deal with, if I, yeah, who will be best sign here? Who will be best night here? I can't just say, ah, what are you saying? Yeah, I'm impaired. Just learn it and stop. Sometimes you know that the thing is a positive thing. Count me and Kawankas and Kebabwao. Are you getting it? We shouldn't also be desirous of vain glory, a glory that is vain. We shouldn't. What makes people probably do things? Example, maybe saying things that are not true. Maybe you are you, you are a friend with Sister Rocklin and says you go to her. Oh, Rocklin, hey, have you heard that? Does it Jennifer? What she's saying is she knows that what she's saying is not true. But she's just saying that. So that hey, and also oh, guy you wish her or just lying to people. Hey, do you know I have this? Well, she doesn't have it. And just say are you getting it? It is called vain glory. Vain glory. And when you pay, it be so. You see, it is not that bad. It is never bad to do something good for you to be appreciated. It is. It is a good thing. Instead of doing something bad that someone may talk about, the one you are dealing with may not like. Just do something like, oh, you've done well. And when you do that, just keep doing it. Let that become your lifestyle. Is that you are, with, you are with your husband or you are with your wife or you are with your beloved, somebody you love, somebody you like. You want to be married to a guy or a lady. And you, are, you, you just know that a person like this is a good thing, a good biblical thing. And I'm not talking about anything bad, bad. I said the person wants sex, so you go and give that. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But you know something? The person is happy with a certain attitude. A good attitude. And uh, the attitude that doesn't put a pressure on you. Probably you speak politely to the person. The person really like it and appreciate it. Why do you want to be rude? Keep saying it. The ministry you are doing, the, the same thing. You cherish it. If you cherish it, you don't want to lose it. And how to, how to hold on to the something you cherish is to get rid of vain glory and provocation. Provocation. You have to cancel, more especially provocation. You have to get rid of provocation. Don't do things to annoy the person you love. Don't do things to offend the person you appreciate and you like. 
Are you getting me? In ministry, in your family. You, know, you, 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 you love your mother so much, you love your father. So don't, don't, don't do anything that will put them in your head. They can hope you have ended it. Uh-huh. Let us not be desirous of doing glory, uh-huh. provoking one another, uh-huh. envying one another. Provoking and envying one another. As for provocation, vain glory, envying one another. Let's take, as for envy, I don't even want to talk about it. Let's get envy out of the way. Yeah. Don't envy anything. You know, listen. Do you know that when you're with your brother and maybe your, your mother, or you are, let me say you are three or four siblings, and your mother went to town and she bought shoe for one of your brothers. Tomorrow, if your mother is coming from the same town and she buy another shoe, who do you think it will belong to? You or one of your other siblings. When all the three have shoes and the next day your mother is coming from market and she's carrying shoes in her bag, who do you think that shoe will belong to? Of course you. So sometimes, as long as you see something progressing, or your brother or your sister progressing, advancing, receiving a certain testimony, just, just know that it is up to your turn. Very soon it will be your, your, yours will come. Because if God has blessed this brother, he has blessed this brother, he has blessed this brother, and he has blessed this brother. He's done blessing all the four. We are, we are five people also here. So who is next to be blessed? Me, of course. It's me, of course. But when I say, oh, I'm not happy, why should God do this for this, my brother? Why God, as for me, media, I don't, I don't worship him or what? What does God think he is? Who does he think he is? Why didn't he give my face? Have you forgotten there's a saying that he that loves last, loves best? So when you know God has done something for your brother or your sister, know that you are less in line. Your time is coming. There's a saying that delaying is not denial. You know, sometimes you, we need to understand the timings of God. Yeah. We need to understand the timings of God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's take the, la- uh, the, the next point. Now I'm done with all these things. So let, let's take the third point. Walking in love. If you have spoken about newness of life, you have spoken about spirituality, definitely, you know, the next day is going to be love. Anybody who wants to walk with God or anybody who is walking with the Lord, I said the first thing you see about the person, how to walk with God, is that you see newness of life in the person, exhibiting um, what we call it, promoting peace, living a holy life, doing things that, will, that is a proof of repentance. Then the second one is that the person becomes spiritual. The person values spiritual things. Obey what God says. You know, obedience is spirituality. Yeah, humility to is spirituality. Maybe we'll talk about the virtues of uh, spirituality. We'll talk about all these things. And the third point is that you must walk in love. You must walk in love. 
anybody who is growing or anybody who wants to walk with God, you must grow in love. If you are walking with God, are we all here? If you are walking with God and you are not growing in love, check your walk. Precious one, you may be walking with God, but that walking may not be up to standard. So there is a way God wants us to exhibit our love. Now, let me, let me talk to you, before I even give the scriptures, let me talk to you about the three things to deeply, or the three things that our love often is channeled on. The first thing of our love is the love of God, or love for God. Love for God. Love for God. Love for God. You know, the first love I, I, I said I'm, I'm talking about is your love for God. That is the first expression of your love. Please, are you here? You know that love is not a feeling. Anybody who tells you that love is a feeling is a liar. Love is not a feeling. Love is never a feeling. I feel love for you. No, no, no. That's not. Please, love is not a feeling. Love is an expression. When I saw your face, when I saw the shape of your eye, and I feel love for you, it is not like that person just want to sleep with you. It is not love. I told you that love is an expression. Love is an expression. Love is never a feeling. Love is an expression. Love is an expression. We express love. We don't feel love. But one thing is that love, someone can express love to you for you to feel the tangibility of love. Love is not saying, you do you know I love you. Love, you, you, you know I love you, but then all that I do doesn't make you feel good. I, I've told you I love you. But I don't show any care. I don't show any concern. How will you know I love you? By doing something to you. By doing something with you. How do I know you love me? By expressing something. There are no others, brother, he loves me. Love, obedience, those things. They are not just things we say, like humility. I told you last Sunday. You don't just say you are humble by saying, you don't become humble by saying, I'm humble. Oh, maybe I made me jopa, or maybe, sister, maybe jopa, papa. And I told you that your first love is for God. Your love for God. The first love is for God. You must express your love towards God. How do you express your love towards God? You express your love towards God by accepting Jesus, by listening to the voice of God. By becoming obedient to God. Jesus says that if you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't keep Jesus' commandments, you don't love him. That is the first love. Your love for God. Jesus says that if you love me, you obey my commandments. So you see, the, the love is that the, your love is for God. Your first love is for God. So I told you about how you can express your love towards God. By accepting Jesus, one. By giving your life to Jesus. That is the first thing. Second one, 
by remaining obedient to the voice and the commandment of God. That is two. That is how you express your love for God. And the third point about expressing your love for God is to sacrifice your life. Your life. It is your life. You know, when I talk about your life, I'm talking about your money, yourself, your strength, your wisdom, your resources, anything that makes you who you are. So you give God your life. So that is how you can express your love for God. The other thing you can do to express your love for God is by taking the ministry of Jesus Christ upon yourself. It is the expression of your love for Jesus. Taking the ministry of Jesus Christ upon your life. So I said that the other thing you can do to express your love for God is to take the ministry of Jesus Christ upon yourself. When you take the ministry of Jesus Christ upon yourself, you are also expressing your love for God. You are expressing your love for God. That is how we see you love God. You sacrifice your life to Him. Your life becomes a sacrifice. Nothing of yours becomes difficult for you to give it to Jesus. If Jesus needs this thing of mine, why won't I give it to Him? You know that if you have actually given your life to Jesus, any other thing that concerns you doesn't matter again. Because after all, the, the most precious and valuable thing that is your life, you have given it to him. Are we together? All right. Then the second thing about love I will talk about is love for humanity. The second area of love that we walk through as Christians is the love for humanity. Generally, generally, you must love any human being you encounter. Oh yes, it is a general requirement. Jesus says that love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor just as I have loved you. Please listen to me, people of God. Any human being you meet, as long as the person is a human being, you must love the person. You must just love the person because the person is a human being. You must respect the person because the person is a human being. So the problem is that any human being you meet, it is the truth of God's word. Express love for the person. Don't make it too difficult for you to express love to your, your fellow human being. Some of you, even when you don't know people, you don't feel like talking to the person because you don't know. It's true. We are not saying that let's go and embrace strangers from nowhere. You don't know them. And human beings are human beings. Love them. Yes, love any human being. And church or who pee. Me, I just don't like people. I'm tired church over. Just respect Nipa. Just respect human beings. Are you okay? Don't think that you are too better than somebody. You are too this. No, 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 not at all. Let anybody around you feel at home. Feel like at peace. Oh, wow. It's good. It's good. It's, it's, it is really good to just love people. Are you okay? Don't have it difficult to love people. 
express love. Love your neighbor, love your sister, love your brother. Don't, don't make anybody come around you to feel like you are better in the person, you are higher in the person's place. It's a sign of pride. Oh, yes. It's a sign of pride. You know that there are times even with your siblings or with, with your family people, sometimes when you begin to express the fact that me, I'm the best, I'm the better, I'm the high, and you are the low, it doesn't agar well with the family. Oh, yes. And even among yourselves, it doesn't occur well. It creates confusion and enmity. That's why I oftentimes tell parents, treat all your children equally. This nobody is better than anybody. Sometimes their results will prove that this guy is more better than this. That we know, but we don't say it. Oh yes, when the results came, this person had this, this person had this. So, all things being equal, it is assumed. Whether the person used a poor or not, it is assumed. Now, when the terminal report comes from school, you know that, ah, this guy, he was first in his class. This guy, he was 20th in his class. We know, but we don't like, hey, you, hey, you, you know, you, what bong? So sometimes when you do that, uh, it creates confusion even among the siblings. Don't do that. Don't do that. We shouldn't do that. Let me tell you. Never be in a friendship where it looks like you need me. I don't need you. You need me. It's not a good sign. No. The more you are growing, the more you are maturing in life. You need to know this. Yes. We need each other to survive. You need me and I need you. We should learn this. In marriage, in marriage you need it. Don't let it look like uh, you are the man. I am the head. You need me to be to, to, to be relevant. No, it shouldn't be like that. Your wife needs you to be relevant. You too need your wife to be relevant. In marriage. In friendship. Sometimes, yeah, as for this, our friend, he's the one who buys food for all of us to eat. It is true. But there are times... You two as a friend, as much as if you have the ability, you to one day say, please, excuse me, as for today, God has worked a miracle. Me too, I can pay for this food. Please, let me pay. So that it will be like a mutual friendship. So that it will not be like you are a parasite in the friendship. Amen. Yeah, let's take the last point under the... Walking in love. It's so strange that I've not given any scripture, but I have about five scriptures here. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to give them. Anyway, when I'm, when I'm done with the points, I'm just going to give the scriptures. Then we read. The last one is the love for ministry. Love for ministry. Or the kingdom of God. Love for ministry or the kingdom of God. We must love God's work. Yeah, express your love in God's work. You see, the way we want God to love us and do something for us, that is the same way we also must love God and do something for Him in His kingdom. Yeah. So we must express our love in the ministry. How do you express your love in the ministry work? 
by participating in everything that we do in the ministry work. Love for ministry and kingdom of God. You demonstrate your love for ministry by participating in everything that we do in the ministry work. Right from worship, right from worship, right from worship, to the services we render in church, right from worship, to the services we render in church. So that is how we express our love in the ministry. You participate fully in anything that we do in the ministry. Right from worship to the services we render in the church. This is how you can express your love for God in his kingdom. You are going for soul winning. You have the opportunity. Nothing is hindering you. You participate. You create space for yourself to be able to work for God. We are worshiping God in the course of service. We are praying. We are learning God's word. Anything that we do, you put yourself in. We are giving sacrifice. We are giving donations. We are giving offerings and seeds to help push God's work. You put yourself in. I'm telling you. So we should rather provoke one another onto good works. Encourage ourselves. Encourage your sister. Edge your sister on. You see, I said that from the But sometimes you have to give your shoulder to your sister to lay on so that she can go a little miles to work for Jesus. Give a helping hand to your brother and say, You want to get up, but you are going down. My brother, just give me your hand. Then, yeah. You see, when you are down, you, see, you are able to come up higher. This is what we should rather learn how to do. When you pick a phone and you speak with a member of this church or anybody, let's learn how to provoke one another onto good works. Encourage people to serve God. All your conversations should be the one that empower people to live for Christ. That is how it should be. That is how it should be. It shouldn't be anger. It shouldn't be no. It shouldn't be this. It shouldn't be things that will, will not help us. That is how you express your love for ministry. And you do things that will help the ministry to stay on forever. Do you think that those who sacrifice their lives to make the Methodist church come this far, do you think God will leave them like that? The Wesley brothers and the Wesleyans. John Wesley, you see, we have all sacrificed one thing or the other to come this far. Let us learn this. Let us be part and parcel of our lives. Always do things that will help any ministry you find yourself in to increase and progress. That is how you express your love for ministry. The ministry you find yourself in the church. 
Make sure anything you do should be something that will help the church to increase more, to grow more. How do you express your love for the church? Say good things about the church. Don't magnify little, little mistakes. All of us here, everybody has made a mistake before. And I told you that to err is human. Mistakes are inevitable. But what we do is that we try our very best to suppress it, to take it down. So that we would rather magnify the good things, the wonderful things, and the awesome things that God is doing. We shouldn't magnify little, little mistakes and shortcomings. That is how you express your love for the ministry. Say good things about the ministry. Say good things about the department you find yourself in. Say good things about the people in the ministry. Say good things about the leadership of the ministry. That is how you see, you express love for the ministry. God bless you. Do you have any question? What's question about this one you are spoken about? Walking in love, love for God, love for humanity, love for ministry. Please, let's interact within the next five minutes, then we go. All right, please, let's take a question. Yes, Adekin. Peace on to you, Pastor. Peace on to you, sir. Peace on to you, church. Pastor, um, please, can someone have love for God without having love for ministry? Is that possible? You see? Your love for God, if you have deeper love for God, you have love for everything that is centered or around God. Are you getting it? So what doma nyankopwa? Adi bi efe nyankopwa That is why I have a problem with church leaders. Do you know that most of the people who fight against churches in the neighborhood are church leaders? I remember a friend of mine started a church somewhere. A residential area, a shiabwa, IPT, and snit flat. He started a church at basement. Basement, what could I did any hope? Oh man, a two blog here, hope come out. They're a baller. I'm the baller, go. I know no one calls Ray, block chairman, no, no, the man who you who you know, no two blog come out, and no share sliding door. Metal door, and no dear condition, boho. Come on, come on, come on, come on for conferences. Microphone, I know you should cry. I know you should do this one. Then one time, some people gang up around the area. Hey, what you did, 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 the other one was an elder of a church. You were the ones who were saying that, no. So, if it happens like this, I would doubt your love for God. It is not possible to love God and hate anything that is centered on God. Let me tell you, anybody who tells you that he loves God and hates any of these two, does not love God. What did Jesus say? If you say you love God and you hate your brother, you are a liar. You don't love God. If you say you love God and you hate his work, you know, and the truth of the matter is that there are people who love God's work, even though they don't love God. 
Donc, on faut que nous 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 why did you say Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? <laughs> so, why did you say Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? No, don't you mean Juma? No, I do No, don't you But no, I'm Jesus. Some of you are going to meet me small, but for free, so I'm going to talk to you. You know, Nicodemus, and you see another typical example. Joseph of Arimathea, and you see another example. Joseph of Arimathea, and they know African of Ethiopia. But Nicodemus, no, a Jew, no, no, Jesus, but no, a religious person. And there was an opportunity for him to encounter Jesus. Do you know that if you die on the cross, you are not buried, you are thrown into a rubbish. There are lots of people like that. They are not Christians. They are not religious people. But they give arms. They love God. They even give money to church. Just to help the ministry work. Some even create an opportunity. Sponsor. They are not Christians. And some of them, God intervened for them. Some of them, as time goes on, they have an encounter with Jesus. Some of them too, they may even die and go, and they will not have an encounter with Jesus. Yes, please. Is that, can they be classified? Can they be classified as? Yeah, we, we can classify them as those who love the work of God. Yeah, we can classify them as those who love the work of God and they love their friends or their neighbors. But one thing is that if you are in the level one, if you love God, then these two are automatic for you. Because the proof of your love for God will also be seen in these two. Father, we thank you. We bless you for this wonderful encounter. We bless you for your powerful teaching. We pray that as we've learned from your word, we continue to be rooted and firmly established in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. God bless you.